Well, this morning, we're going to, uh, we're going to continue a series that we've been in all summer, and we're going to finish it up next Sunday, okay? God willing. God willing, we're going to finish it up next Sunday. We've called this series Standing Firm, and, and really the, the series is about spiritual warfare, and it's about who we are in Christ, and, and, and God has called us to stand firm as believers. We're, we're to plant our feet, and we're to face the enemy, and we're not to blink. We're not to back up. We're not to give any ground. And all of us are in a battle. Amen? And sometimes it gets really scary. It gets really tense. But you know what? God is the one who fights the battle for us. He's the one that protects us. He's the one that takes care of us. And we've talked the last couple of weeks about the weapons of our warfare and, and, the, and, the, and the, the spiritual weapons that we, we have. We talked about the name of Jesus and how powerful that is. And we talked about last week, uh, it must have been really good because I can't remember what it was. Worship and praise. It was really good. I, I, I drew a blank there. For those of you that are young and never do that, your day's coming, okay? It's coming. But we talked about praise and worship and how powerful a uh, 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 weapon that is. And I, I got a report from, from one of you this week that you're doing that at your place of business and God's changing the atmosphere. Listen to me. Worship and praise changes the atmosphere, okay? It changes the atmosphere, so today we're going we're gonna to finally get to the passage of Scripture that, that we've been working from it's in Ephesians 6, and we're going to talk about the weapons that Paul mentions. And I'm, I'm going to deal with it maybe a little bit different than, than maybe you've heard, maybe not, but uh, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on describing the, the Roman weapons, okay? Uh, those were metaphors Paul used to describe some spiritual truths. And so we're going to talk about that. But armor is very, very important. Uh, warriors have been wearing armor since the beginning of time. When they figured out that if they could stop a sword or a spear from penetrating their body, they could live longer. So it's, 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 it's been a, a thing that has progressed. Even today, our soldiers in the military, they wear body armor whether you realize it or not. They wear, they wear bulletproof materials and, and Kevlar and all kind of helmets and protective gear to keep them from being injured because uh, if a vulnerable area is struck or it's wounded, that soldier is disabled or he's killed. He can't accomplish what he's supposed to do. And, and what a soldier learns is, is that the better their armor is constructed, the more invincible that they are. And the more invincible that they are, the more that they can decimate and destroy the enemy. Jesus has given us armor that we are to wear, that we are to put on. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Every person in this room is involved in a war, whether you realize it or not. You, now, you may not be a believer. Can I just say this? Satan doesn't draw any lines. He hates human beings, okay? He hates our guts. Because we're created in the image and the likeness of God, we are always constant reminders that he was not first, that he will never be first. And so he hates lost people and saved people, okay? He's, there, there's, a, there's a bullseye on both of our backs. But as believers, God has give us, given us protection, and he's, he's given us some armor that we can wear. And so what I say is, I, I put it this way, God has dressed his kids for success. 
We are dressed for success if we realize it and we utilize it. And what happens is, is the Apostle Paul, and, and this passage of Scripture is very familiar, and, and there's been a, legions of sermons preached on it, and you've probably, you'll probably hear lots better than you'll hear today, but this is what I think God wants to give us today. Paul, when he wrote the book of, of Ephesians, when he wrote to the church there in Ephesus, he was chained to a Roman soldier. 24 hours a day. They, they, they worked in shifts. The faces changed, but the situation didn't change. Uh, the, the name of the soldier guarding him changed, but the armor didn't change. And so for 24 hours a day, whenever he was awake, that's what he saw. And as he, he looked at that armor, as, he, as, he, as he, his eyes fell on that armor, the Holy Spirit began to use that armor to speak to him, to give him a message that he was to give the church there at Ephesus. And so what Paul did is he, he took that armor and he, he made a metaphor out of it. See, we don't carry literal shields. We don't wear literal helmets like Roman soldiers. Our breastplate is not that of a Roman soldier. The sword that we carry is not a, a, a necessarily a physical sword. But there are truths that Paul drew from that, that help us, that remind us. It's a great tool to remind us just what Jesus has done for us. And so this this morning, I want to show you some spiritual truths. And I'm only going to do three this Sunday, and I'll take the next three. There's six pieces of armor that he wore. I I happen to believe that that Scripture talks about seven there because a Roman soldier dressed in seven pieces, and, and I believe the seventh one is prayer. I believe it is, it's the spear or the lance that a, that, a, that a Roman soldier would carry. But we're only going to deal with the six that are here, okay? And so today, Lord willing, I'm going to do three. And next week, I'll do the other three. And what I don't get through today, I'll do next week, okay? And, you know, you know how it is. I'll, I'm going to do my best to get through this. But I want to share this passage of Scripture with you. If you'll look at, at Ephesians chapter 6, I'm going to read verse 13 through 17. It says, Therefore, take up the full armor of God, that you might be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything, to stand firm. Stand firm, therefore, having girded your loins with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In addition to all, take up the shield of faith, with which you will be able to extinguish all the flaming missiles of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now Paul has just, he's just described in a a very few words the armor that we wear. The armor that that Jesus has given us. But, But this is not just something we put on. Okay, I want you to hear me. This is not something we put on. But rather it's someone. Okay, it's Jesus Christ. See, we're, we're not putting on a, a helmet, per se. We're putting on Christ. We're not putting on a breastplate. We're putting on Christ. And every one of these pieces of armor describes something that benefits us from our relationship with Jesus. And so we're just going to walk through these today. Now, many of you, and, and, and I do this uh, as well, uh, many of us pray this armor on every day. It's just kind of a, a ritual of, of, our, of our prayer. And there's nothing wrong with it, okay? I want you to hear me say that up front. There's nothing wrong with doing that. 
It's, it's a reminder. It should be a reminder of, of, of the, the fact that we're dressed. And it's kind of like I heard a guy say one time, it's like, it's like when I put on my pants, put on my shirt, I put on my spiritual armor. But here's what I want you to hear, okay? When God saved us, when he brought you into the kingdom of God, God put that armor on you, okay? You don't ever take it off. We sleep in it. We live in it. That's because we live in Christ. You're going to hear me say that over and over and over this morning. In Christ, in Christ. Folks, we have a position that has been given to us that the enemy cannot change. No matter how hot he comes against you, no matter what he does, how he threatens you, he cannot change the position that God has placed us in. God has placed us in Christ. And so we put that armor on, and we live in it. Now, God's given it to us, and he expects us to wear it, okay? He expects us to learn how to use it. Uh, I'm not going to say armor is no good if you don't learn how to use it, but if, it, it's a lot better if you do learn how to use it. Let me put it that way. It's not enough just to carry a sword. You need to know how to use your sword. It's not no, enough just to drag a shield. You need to know how to use the shield. And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to look at that. Now, I believe that the, the armor is representative of God's armor, of, of the armor that Jesus wears. You say, well, Jesus doesn't need armor. No, he doesn't, okay? He, he cannot be killed. He cannot be wounded. But yet the Bible alludes to over and over and over that the, of, the, of the armor that God wears. And I'm going to share a passage. It's found in the Old Testament, and, and it, it describes God's armor. It says, Now the Lord saw, and he was dis, it was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. See, God was looking there in, in, in uh, Isaiah chapter 59. He's, he's looking at the situation in, in Israel, in Judah, and there's no justice. There's, there's no king who would do right. And God says, you know what, I'll take care of that. I'll raise up one that will do right. And so as he begins to talk, he's talking about Jesus who would come. And so he says, he looked and he saw no justice. And he saw that there was no man and was astonished that there was no one to intercede, to, to step into the place between, between he and the people, between judgment and wrath. So there's nobody to intercede. And he was astonished. And then his own arm brought salvation to him. And righteousness was upon him. He's talking about Jesus here. And he put on righteousness like a breastplate. And the helmet of salvation on his head. We, we just read about that. Now this is in Isaiah. 800 years before this. Maybe longer. Same, same two pieces of armor. And he put on garments of vengeance for clothing and wrapped himself with zeal as a mantle. And you know, sometimes we forget God is a warrior. That's what Moses sang after he watched God destroy Pharaoh's army in the Red Sea. He said, the Lord is a warrior. The Lord, Yahweh, that's what he's saying. Yahweh is his name in Exodus 15.3. You know, God has given us a, a facsimile of what he wears. We are dressed like our father. You ever, you ever, as a kid, put on your, your father's clothes? My brother and I used to put on our dad's clothes and act like we were our dad until he caught us. <laughs> and it's, it's always interesting the things you, you pick up. It's the things your father doesn't want you to pick up. 
but you understand what I'm talking about. But God has He's given us a reproduction, literally, of the armor He wears. And the key to this armor is not how it relates to a Roman soldier, but rather understanding how it relates to Jesus. And so we're just going to spend a little time this morning. There are countless passages in the New Testament that tell us that everything we are is because of our position in Christ. Now, many of you remember this little character, right? For those of you that are new here, this is Flat Nelson, okay? I'm not proud of him, but it's just who he is. And, and, and when, when the Bible says that we are in Christ, and this is the picture I see, I, I'm, I'm going to pretend to be Jesus, and this is me. And when I, when I was born again, when you were born again, this is what happened. The Bible says that you were placed in Christ. And folks, this is where we are right now. This is where we will be forever and ever and ever. And listen to me, there is no devil, there is no demon strong enough to remove you from this place. You are secure here. Everything that happens to you comes through Jesus to get to you, okay? So you can trust God. You may be going through a tough time. You may have had an experience in just the last few weeks or days or hours that was scary. But you know what? God was there because you were in Jesus Christ. This is our position. And folks, when it says that we are to put on the full armor of God, this is what it looks like. I put on Christ. I put on Christ. I dress for success. I can face anything that comes my way. I can go anywhere God calls me to go. I can do anything God calls me to do. I can go through anything that comes my way because I know God is with me. And He's not just with me, folks. Literally, He is in me, and I am in Him. We are one. Does that that make sense? That's how close He is. I mean, the picture, uh, and I know it looks kind of goofy, but I'm going to just use Him for a while, okay? The picture in, in, in Genesis of when a husband and a wife become one flesh, they, they leave their home and they cleave to one another. They are glued together. It's the picture of Christ and His church. It's the picture of each of us in our relationship with God. We become one. We're glued to Jesus and He is glued to us. We're one. Now, we may see him again in a minute, and we may not, okay? For those of you that can't get enough, I'm sorry. But, so when we put on this armor, we are putting on Jesus. Literally. And spiritually. We're putting him on. And and that's exactly what Scripture says. If if you look in Romans chapter 13, verse 14, it says, But put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on Christ. Folks, we're literally dressing ourselves in Jesus. He is our belt. He is our breastplate. He is our, our shield. He's our sandals. He's our helmet. He's our sword. He's our spear. He's He's the weapons that we carry. It's Jesus. Now, As best I can tell, he is undefeated. Okay? In fact, he has defeated everything. He's defeated the devil. He's defeated death. He's defeated the grave. 
He is the undisputed, unarguable King of kings and Lord of lords. And we are dressed in Him. What I'm trying to tell you is, if you'll just relax, if you'll just sit down, okay? Just relax, lay back, enjoy the ride. Trust Him. You can't be defeated in Christ. You can't be beaten in Christ. Satan cannot destroy you. Now, let's look at this armor for just a few minutes, and, and, and maybe this will help bring things into focus a little bit. In, in Ephesians 6.14, Paul tells us that the first piece of armor was, was a, is, 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 is a belt or a girdle. Uh, and it, it, it went around a soldier's waist. It was, it was made of leather. And if you, most of the men in, in that day, wore, they wore robes or they wore tunics, which were long flowing garments. Now, which meant that, you know, they had a lot of fabric they had to drag around. Ladies understand that. Uh, we guys, we don't get that because what do we wear? We wear pants today, Okay. And what they would do is they would take their garment from the back and they would tuck it in the front of their belt really tight. Then they would pull the, the front up in the back and they would tuck it in really tight. That's what it means to gird your loins. It means to get the material that gets in the way, that will slow you down, that will make you not agile. It says tuck it in. That, that's what it says. Gird up your loins with truth. And so that belt, Paul says, is, is a a belt of truth. And folks, truth holds everything else in place. I want you to listen to me for a minute or two. In the, in the, for the Roman, his, his breastplate clipped to that belt. His sword hung from that belt. He could rest his shield on that belt. It, it was essential that he have his belt on. If he didn't have his belt on, his, rest, his breastplate might go over his head. His sword had no place to hang. His shield had no place to rest when he got tired. And so it was essential that, that he had, it was an anchor. And folks, for us as believers, truth is an anchor. It keeps the ship steady. Folks, we face an enemy who is a liar. Scripture says he is the father of lies. And so whenever an attack comes, that first attack will always be a lie that attacks the truth. You can count on that. You can take that to the bank with you. Okay? He will always attack the truth. God's not going to protect you. God doesn't care about you. Look what you've done. You're worthless. You can't do anything right. God's not here. Christians don't do that. God's left you. You ever heard that stuff? Folks, it's a lie. He attacks with a lie. And so we have to be prepared to respond with the truth. We have to know the truth. The first attack's always a lie. Everything rests on truth. Truth is, is not relative, folks. It's absolute. It doesn't matter when you live what you do, what the circumstances, what the situation is, what you're going through, truth never changes. It is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Okay? Because Jesus says, I am 
the truth. That's what he says in John chapter 14, 6. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I'm the life. See, truth never changes. Now, we live in a, in a culture that says, hey, it can mean one thing to you and it can mean something to me. It's relative to the situation, to the circumstance. Truth is whatever I make it to be. Folks, that is a lie. That is a lie. It's always been a lie. All truth is God's truth because He's the source of truth. And we need to realize that truth is truth and it never changes. And folks, we live in a day when that's debated. It's laughed at. It's scoffed at. But yet Jesus said, you know what? I am the truth. He didn't say a truth. He said the truth. He used an article. And the article is the He's very specific. I am the truth. In other words, what Jesus was saying is, I am the personification of truth. I'm standing before you, and I am living out. I am an example of what God's truth is. And when I just remember this. I always, I always, whenever I hear somebody talk about truth, this question arises in my head, what is truth? And that's exactly what Pilate said when Jesus, when, when confronted with, with Jesus' claim. He said, what is truth? You see, Pilate, like most people, stared truth in the face and did not see it, did not understand it. You know why? Because he, whatever he called truth was truth. He was the ruler of the day. He was powerful. But listen to me. It doesn't matter how powerful you are, what position you hold, truth is truth. Okay? It does not change. He looked at the perfection of truth and he missed it. John wrote these words at the very beginning of his gospel. In John chapter 1, verse 14 and verse 17, he said this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, glory of the, as of the only begotten of the Father, full, listen to this, full of grace and truth. For the law was given through Moses, verse 17 says. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was truth. Everything that He did, everything that He said is true. It does not change. He represented bodily the truth of God. Everything we do, folks, rests on truth. A partial truth, a a, a half-truth, a little white lie. All of those things strip away the girdle. And what happens when the belt falls off? Your garments fall down. Your pants fall down. It's a good way for us. And you know what happens when your pants fall down? You trip and fall. Or you are very, very embarrassed. Either way. And if you're in war, guess what happens if you fall down? You get your head cut off. And the devil puts his foot on you and says, Hey, I've defeated you. Why? Because we let the belt go. We, we bought the lie. Folks, God has given us truth to anchor our armor. And if we don't have it on, we get tripped up. And we become casualties. We don't become victors. We become victims. We have to embrace the truth. We have to live the truth. And you know what? Sometimes... Living the truth is tough. We have to speak the truth. We have to stand on the truth, folks. We cannot be victorious otherwise. And the truth is contained in Jesus Christ. He is truth. 
Jesus clearly said in John chapter 8, verse 31, 32, If you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Folks, a lie always entangles, but truth always sets us free. I can remember my father, as, uh, as, as he taught us, he said, you always tell the truth, no matter what it costs you. And I've learned over my lifetime from, from not telling the truth, the high cost of telling a lie. Okay? Here's what he would say. If you tell one lie, you'll always have to tell another, and another, and another, and another. Now, don't worry about the dogs. They're excited. Somebody's come outside or, or something. So they'll be quiet. I mean, don't worry about them. We have to tell the truth. Jesus prayed this in John chapter 17. He said, sanctify. He's praying to the Father. He says, sanctify them in truth. Your word is true. In other words, set these apart. Set my followers apart. That they Dedicate them to the truth. Well, the key to victorious living is putting on the truth of Jesus in, in such a way that it becomes not, not what we do, but who we are. Okay? Not what we do, but who we are. Not something we memorize, not something we read, not something we heard, not something we heard somebody say that Jesus said, but it's something that we know and we have internalized. And once we've internalized, then it can come out externally. It comes out through us. Truth is, is non-negotiable for a warrior who hopes to be successful. Listen to me. The enemy smells the smallest hint of a lie. Okay? He can smell it. And he will attack there with his sword drawn. So truth has to, to cover us. It has to be what we live in. And Jesus is truth. Folks, if we don't put on the belt, we don't have anything to hold our garments up. We don't have anything to hold our pants up. Now, the next piece he mentions is the breastplate of righteousness. And Roman soldiers wore a breastplate that reached from here to about here. It was made out of metal. And it was, it was sometimes very ornate, sometimes it was very simple. And it was sometimes one piece of metal, sometimes it was chain mail, depending on your status and, and the amount of money you had. One of the things about ancient soldiers is, is that as, as they got money, they improved their armor. They bought better armor. Listen to me. Jesus gave every one of us invincible armor. Okay, You don't have to spend money to make it better. You just have to utilize it. You have to use it. And so the Roman soldier, when he went into battle, his, his heart, his lungs, his liver, his kidneys, they were all protected. Those vital organs that if they took an, a, a, a shot or they took an arrow or they took a sword slash, they were decimated. They carried that, that breastplate into battle. And so they were, they were protected it was kept in place, like I mentioned, by it was hooked on the belt. And when, when Paul looked at that, that breastplate, he envisioned something. And it was the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Now, here's what we've heard forever and ever and ever. We've heard how unrighteous we are. And how our own righteousness is as filthy rags. Amen? And listen to me. That is true. Okay? The work that we do on our own apart from Jesus Christ 
in comparison, even if it's good, in comparison to what God has done, is, is, is like filthy rags. But folks, when Jesus came to live in us, we were given His righteousness. And the works that we do are, are through His righteousness. Does that make sense? The old man's gone. The old man that was trying to measure up and, and do all this stuff to get God to love him supposedly died. Or at least Paul says he died. The Holy Spirit said he died. Now we may try to resurrect him, but in God's eyes he's dead. And so the righteousness that we bear is the righteousness of Christ. That righteousness has been imputed to us. Now that's a, that's a, that's a big long word, and it's a Bible word, but it's also a legal term. It just means that it, His righteousness has been charged to our account. It's like I had a million dollars, and I went to your bank, and I asked the teller, I said, look, this is for Charles. Would you put it in his account? All of a sudden, that million dollars is in Charles' account. See, God imputed to us, charged to our account, his righteousness. Okay? His righteousness. And what is righteousness? Well, it's the, it's the quality of being just and right before God. Folks, in, in, a, in a word, it's we have been made holy. The unholy, the sinners, have been made holy through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And Jesus didn't just keep that righteousness. He gave it to us. We bear it. It's ours. I know this is, you're thinking, okay, okay, okay. If you don't get this, you're going to live your life working as hard as you can trying to make God happy. Jesus made God happy. Okay? Jesus made God happy. Therefore, I can just simply love God and do what God tells me to do without worrying that He's going to be angry if I mess up. He's not going to be, folks. God the Father poured out His wrath on Jesus. The wrath that I deserved. The wrath that, that we all deserved. God poured it out on Jesus. Jesus satisfied it. He became the propitiation. That's the Bible word. The satisfaction for that wrath. And in return, we got His righteousness. It's given to us, folks. It doesn't come from us. It comes to us. Not from us. Not out of us. But to us. We don't manufacture it by doing good things. It's given to us. It's given to the ones who don't deserve it. It's given. Folks, our position in Christ makes us righteous. God declared us righteous legally. This bothers some people, but I've been, I've been, this week I've been finishing up a chapter on a, on a book I'm working on, and, and, and the, the question in this chapter is basically, are we sinners or saints as believers? The Bible says we're saints. We are holy ones. That's what saint means. It means a holy one, one who has been set apart. Every believer 
is holy because God has made them holy through Christ. We have received His righteousness, which set us apart. And so we're no longer sinners. We are saints. We are holy ones. Now, that goes against the grain, okay? Because I don't see myself that way. A lot of times I don't act that way. How about you? But when God looks at us, He looks at us through the lens of Jesus Christ and He no longer sees a stinking, dirty, rotten sinner. He sees the righteousness of Christ. You you ought to take hold of that. That right there is shouting ground. See, I don't have to worry about that stuff anymore because Jesus took care of that. And the Bible says, I am to put that on. That's what I'm to wear right here. I'm to throw my head back in in the battle and I'm to stick my chest out. And it's not that I'm to invite the devil to take his best shot, but here's the deal. I wear the righteousness of Christ. I don't have to depend on how good I am anymore. I've got the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Folks, the old creature's gone. And in its place is a new creation. We are righteous by the virtue of Jesus giving us His righteousness. I mentioned it a while ago. It's like, it's like we've crawled up and we now live inside of Jesus. Okay? Better yet, He's crawled inside of us and He now lives. Okay? Paul says, I've died. The life I used to live, I don't live any longer. But Christ now lives through me. Folks, if you're a believer this morning, that's Bible. You remember the belt of truth? That's truth. You can argue it. You can, you can not like it. You can think, well, that, that's not who I am. But that's who God says you are in Christ. So we put on the breastplate. And we stand against any lie that would lead us back down a pathway of, of unrighteousness. I, I love what... Let me, let me throw one more truth at you that maybe you're struggling with. If, if the devil can lure you out of your breastplate, okay? That is, if he can try to get you to do the best you can do and think that's what counts, he wins, you lose. Every time. Every time. Folks, listen to me. What we practice is what we believe. What we do is what we believe. We are what we do. I don't hear any amens. Whatever you believe here is what you will do. And what you believe here is where you're at. Okay? Listen to what John says in 1 John. Verse 3, 9 and 10, he says, Little children, let no one deceive you. The one who practices, which is literally a habitual, ongoing lifestyle. Okay, that's, that's what practice means. It's, it's, it's your lifestyle. Whoever practices righteousness is righteous, just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. Listen, folks, what he is not saying is if you sin, you're unrighteous. He's saying if that's your lifestyle, if, if everything is marked by sin, 
and, and that's all you're concerned about, then you know what? You are not a believer. That's what Scripture teaches. What you practice is what you are. So the devil wants us to, he wants us to step out of our breastplate and go back to the practice phase of the game. Folks, every time we step out of our breastplate, we get a sword through our heart. We get destroyed. Stop listening to the lies. Start believing the truth. The Bible says that if you know Jesus Christ this morning, you are the righteousness of Christ. You have it. It's yours. Now, Last piece, and we're going to close. The last piece of armor that, that we're going to deal with today is are the, the, the what I call, the, the, he calls them, shod your feet with peace. In other words, put on the sandals of peace. That's what some translations will say. And, and Roman soldiers wore high-top leather sandals, okay? Most of you ladies know what Roman sandals are. You buy them at... Uh, at the different shoe stores. But Roman soldiers wore these sandals. The only thing that, that, that they, they're a little bit different now. They, 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 were, they laced up with, with heavy-duty rawhide, and they had nails that pierced the bottom. For those of you who played baseball, that's what I think of when I think of these shoes, baseball cleats almost. But they had hobnails that stuck through the bottom. That was so that in a battle, these soldiers could have good footing. I mean, you stick your foot in, you stick your foot in, you're planted there. Remember, stand firm, okay? And the battlefield, once, I mean, once it, the, the battle, it got slippery. It got dangerous. And if you slipped, your enemy got an advantage. And so what, what Paul is saying here is, is put on, shod your feet. In other words, shod means to strap them on. Lace them up tight. Tie them as tight as you can. Shod your feet with the gospel of peace. Peace. Now, peace is far more than the absence of war. Okay? The word peace has a long history throughout Scripture. It starts in the Old Testament. It's the word shalom. Shalom means peace. It means wholeness. It means health. It means uh, uh, prosperity. It means to be complete. And the Bible says that, that Jesus is our peace. What does that mean? What does that, what, what, does, what does that mean? You know what? Every one of us were once at war with God. We were, the Bible says, at enmity with God which means we were at odds. We were at war with Him. We were sinners. Every one of us at one time were sinners that were separated from the fellowship of God. We were doing our own thing. We were doing it the way we wanted to. Listen to what Romans 5.1 says. Therefore, having been justified, declared, and literally, well, I'll explain justified in a minute. Therefore, having been justified, we have, made, been, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. When we came to Christ, folks, the war ended. Jesus died on the cross and made peace with God. He removed the enmity. He took it away. We are no longer at war with God. God no longer wants us to pay the penalty for our sins. Why? Because we've been justified. How many of you have ever heard that word, justified, justification? 
It's a big, long biblical word. Folks, this is one of the most important biblical words that we need to know, okay? We need to know. It just simply means we have been declared not guilty, and the righteousness of Jesus has been given to us. It's like we were standing in line for, for the electric chair here in Alabama. And they'd come to get us, and we were on that long walk to, that, to, the, to the electric chair, and all of a sudden Jesus stepped in and said, Hey, I'll die for you. And he sat in the electric chair for me. When he did that, you know what God did? God said, Not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. Not guilty. And they let me out of prison. Do you know what not guilty means? This is not a, this is not a test question. Uh, and this is not a trick. It means not guilty. It means no guilt. Yeah, but I've done this. Not guilty. Yeah, but God, I've done... Not guilty. Yeah, but God, I've done... Not guilty. You know what's on God's stamp? Jesus. When Jesus died on the cross, just before He surrendered His Spirit, just before He gave up His life, you know what He said? To tell us thy, it is finished. It is finished is one little Greek word, which means paid in full. Not guilty. Why? Paid in full. Not guilty. Paid in full. Not guilty, paid in full. Folks, God paid the debt of our sin in full, completely. We don't owe Him for those sins. Jesus bore those sins. He took our payment. And in return, folks, you know what we got? His peace. His completeness. It's not that we're just not at war anymore. No, we've been made complete. We've been made whole once again. The Bible says that we're to lace that up on our feet because we're going to need it every day. I've got to travel in that kind of peace. You know what? That's not, just, that's not so much a peace that just kind of oozes off of me and says, peace, man, peace. It's not that kind of stuff. It's a peace right here. I'm at peace no matter what's out there. My shoes are laced up tight. You ever had shoes that were laced up so tight they hurt your feet? They remind you of something, don't you? You need to lace this piece up that tight. And it needs to remind you that, you know what? You're at peace with God. It doesn't matter what's happening here. It doesn't matter what's happening there. It doesn't doesn't matter what they say or he says or she says. I've got peace with God. It's going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. He says, put on the gospel of peace. Now, if I, could, if I could boil peace and the gospel of peace down, what is the gospel of peace? Well, Paul tells us, literally, in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 3 and 4, he says this, he says, For I delivered to you, listen to what he says here, For I delivered unto you as of first importance. In other words, this is the prime aspect of my message. 
I don't have any other message. This is that important. What I also receive. You see, Paul got it from somebody else. I believe he got it from Ananias. When, when, he, when he struck him blind, he told Ananias to go and, 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 and baptize him. I believe Ananias shared the gospel with Paul. I believe he shared the good news. I believe he shared what Paul's about to say. He says, that I re- what I received also, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scripture, and that he, he was buried, and that He was raised from the third day according to the Scriptures. Folks, that is the gospel. That is the good news in a nutshell. That Christ died for our sins just as the Scripture said He would. That He was buried in the grave, and that on the third day He arose. That's the gospel, folks. That's what gives us peace. The enemy cannot destroy me because I have the good news in here and in here that Jesus has already died for my sin and that He didn't stay in the grave. Therefore, you know what, devil? Don't threaten me with death in the grave because my Savior has defeated those things. He stands with His feet on the grave and over death. And then He was raised. He is alive. He is not dead. He is alive. And if I will trust Him and put my faith in Him and what He's done, I will live with Him. That's that's the peace we walk in. Or that's the peace, I should say, we should walk in. That's what the gospel of peace is. It's shoes that are laced up so tight that they hurt and they remind us all the time, no matter what situation I'm in, no matter what circumstance I face, is, you know what? I got peace. I got peace. Folks, Jesus gave us that peace. We're to slip this peace on, we're to lace it up, and we're to walk in it wherever we go. No matter what we face, no matter what circumstance, no matter what situation, no no matter what comes down the pike, we are secure in that peace. There are not very many things that we can count on in this world. Amen? I mean... I know some good people that if I call them, they'll come help me. But you know what? If there's a situation in their life, they can't come. I know me, and I'll fail, so I can't count on me. Folks, the only thing we can count on is Jesus Christ. He will never leave us nor forsake us. That's what He said. So we stand secure in that. We are whole. We are complete. Listen to me. We are safe in Jesus Christ. No matter what the devil throws at us, no matter how long he attacks, we are secure when we stand in Christ. Folks, our feet are is covered in a peace which cannot be overwhelmed. So stop listening to the lies this morning. If you believe the lie, you will step out of the shoes God has given you. And if you step out of those shoes, you will be barefoot on the battlefield and you will slip slide away, okay? You can't stand firm. You can't plant your feet. But God has given us the gospel of peace. We stand in it. Therefore, we can plant our feet and we can be prepared against anything that comes against us. So this morning, 
What do you need to do? You need to tighten up the belt a little bit. Trust the truth. Jesus Christ. Put on the breastplate. Make sure the breastplate's in place. Remember, it's the righteousness of Christ. It's yours. You, 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 I always I remind myself when I pray through the armor. Father, I just thank you this morning that I have the righteousness of Christ. My breastplate shines like a thousand suns. Because the righteousness of Christ is a light. It's a glory. It's a Shekinah glory in a sense. And if, if my breastplate is Christ, you know what? When I pull back my shirt and show the devil my, not my S for Superman, but my righteousness of Christ breastplate, he's blinded by it. And you know, when he's blinded, that gives me first shot. Okay? So we need to, we need to, Put on our belt. Make sure our garments, the things that would trip us up, are tucked in tight. We need to put on the breastplate. And then the Scripture says we need to lace up the shoes of peace and get ready because if we'll put this armor on and the rest of it that we'll learn about next week, when God says take ground, we're ready to move. We're ready to advance the kingdom. Folks, we are well-armed. Okay? Well-armed. Should I say, we are invincible in Christ. Let's pray. Father, this morning. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.